Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the NBA Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Rob Bruin, Troy Rosie back in the building. Happy Labor Day to everybody. It's a big holiday in New York City for sure. Everybody's usually on Eastern Parkway in Brooklyn repping their flags in, in their different countries. But Troy, tell me how you feeling, bro. I'm feeling good, man. Like you say, happy holidays to everybody out there. Um, just, just enjoying this day. I'm, I did still have class today, so I was up mm-hmm. at uh, 8, 8.30 in the morning, Professor Brown's Listen, class. man, it's that early grind, man. <laughs> you know it. So class is going well. Obviously, proper protocol, social distancing, masks are required. But it's, it's been great being able to be back in the flow of things, man, and holding it down up here in queue since my dog then dipped on me. <laughs> Listen, man, I ain't dip. I just had to come back down to the city and get right and get this job. Mm-hmm. You know what time it is. You, you got to get back to that grind. So it's time. So just just a quick heads up for you guys. J.D. Davidson, a junior that killed it last year on the high school circuit, is doing very well. He has so many different offers. Kansas, Alabama, the list continues to go on. The Lakers killed it yesterday against Houston. Brian and A.D. had a monster performance. Big Sean has finally dropped Detroit, too. And we have so much more for you guys. Big shout out to Detroit. You know, we got yeah. the builder. Yeah, so y'all stay tuned in for those topics. J.D. Davidson, Alabama native, is killing it on the high school circuit right now. He was a junior last year, and he has some crazy, crazy stats. He averaged 33 points, 12 rebounds, six steals, five assists, and four blocks per game. I don't know who that young man is playing against, but he is definitely making everybody look bad. <laughs> and to add, he was the Gatorade Boys Basketball Player of the Year. So I can't wait to see, you know, what school he continues to choose. The list goes on. He has Arkansas, Alabama, Florida, so many different schools that he could choose from. But I would agree. The young kid is a baller. And when you look at the mm-hmm. list of schools that are interested in him, we talk about Alabama, Auburn. I even saw Michigan on the list. Of schools who are looking oh, you to did? Offer. I didn't see Michigan for him. Yeah, exactly. Michigan, Jawan Howard's coach Howard has looked at this kid and has decided mm-hmm. to offer him. So, I mean, this is it's some substance to the height. And watching this game, it reminds me so much of Kobe White mm. with a little bit more explosive. Is it the hair? Not, not even the hair, their, their whole shiftiness, the way that they control the pace of the game, the way that they dribble, the way that they finish around the basket. Obviously, I would say J.D. Davidson has a little bit more explosiveness and bounce when you talk about his game. But I think his, he, he reminds me a lot of Chicago Bulls Kobe White. So, obviously, he's still in high school and has a little bit more to, to make happen and improve. But I'm definitely interested to see what type of hype and what he can do when he talk about the college and potentially the NBA. One of the things that really stand out to me for J.D. Davidson, I started to watch his YouTube show came out recently, I think a few days ago. It's called Humble. And um, he seems like a real soft-spoken, quiet, hungry hustler. And it seems to me as though that he's just ready to win. A lot of people have a lot of faith in him. He's a small-town guy. And he's just putting on for Alabama. I don't even really remember the last player that we really had come out of Alabama. That was really a standout. So... It's dope to see that he's putting on for his city and his state. And I think it would be good to see him at Memphis, maybe, you know, because they, they got some plays over there. They do. Lester Quinones, a couple of people as well. So it would be good to see what he could do over there at Memphis. I agree. I think Memphis is, is a good institute. But when I, when I think of schools that I think would be great, I would love to see him. And, and it hurts me to say, actually. But out of the schools that I've seen that's offered him, I would love to see him at Michigan. I do see that mm. they just lost – I just they did just lose their senior, Xavier Simpson. So I right. think, you know, possibly getting some – getting a point guard in there over the next year or two will be something good. And having someone of this caliber, we talk about being able to score, being able to rebound – and like you say, he averaged six steals, being able to play good yeah, defense. He's very alert on defense. Six steals per game, he's active. Exactly. So you you like you, you want that style of play, especially out of your point guard. So I would love to see him suit up in uh in in, in a maze and blue. Jawan Howard is, is a great coach, great IQ. You know, he's established in the game, so that would be real good to see as well. I can't I can't knock you on that. Mikey Williams is killing it with his AU team, the ATL Celtics. He had a monster triple-double. 
I don't know what these kids is eating this weekend, but 16 points, 14 rebounds, 15 assists. I mean, Mikey's not playing around. He's he's bringing it. Eating his Wheaties, man. When you, when you <laughs> talk about 16 points, 14 rebounds, 15 assists. I mean, that's that's getting it in on every avenue of the yeah. court. And th- those that's are 30. what you consider you consider those NBA numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Mikey Williams, you know, th- this is to me, this doesn't come as a surprise. You know, this is a talent that we know is just going to get it in on a nightly basis. And, I mean, you just see it here, obviously, with high school sports being delayed, college sports being put on hold right now. I think that is great for him to still be able to get those reps in, be able to participate, be in AAU, still be in the flow of things. And I'm just eager to see what he's going to do. You know, we're still on that. Uh, oh, you know, we're H- waiting for that. We're still on that HBCU, that HBCU hunt, trend. You know? uh-huh. We still we we still waiting to see if Mikey's going to do that. So I think it's great that he's still getting that opportunity to get out there and get the reps and and play. And uh, I'm interested to see what's going to happen as we move forward. Something also I could really say about Mikey Williams that I'm noticing, obviously from Instagram, it looks like his confidence is really building. Mm-hmm. He's in his bag. He's feeling himself. He he just seems like he's ready to play. And I don't know what's taking him so long to make this decision, but it's like. What do you think he's really stolen on right now? I mean, when you got a lot of people waiting, it, it gives you it gives you a lot of time. To, it gives you to that think. leverage, right? Yeah, you have. He has a lot yeah. of people waiting, and I think for me, and this is just me speaking. I think for me, the thing that makes me so anxious is the hype again that we always talk yeah, about. Yeah, because he, he has that, everybody that, waiting on him. He has everybody waiting. You know, you don't have. He, it's not like a McCore maker decision where it just happens this day, and we're like, oh wow, that that was that was big. Like it Mikey takes time. Williams, exactly. Yeah. Mikey Williams. This was a buildup. So now it's like we're we're here at the climax, and 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 there's no nothing happening. So it's like, you know, I, I respect his decision, and, and a decision like that when you talk about committing to college where you plan to play, you you have to. It's a serious your, decision too. Exactly. You have to yeah. do your due diligence. That's not something that you just rush and make happen. You know. So I commend him for taking the time out. But again, like I said before, don't build us up if you ain't if you can't make us happy. You know what I mean? Man, so listen, that would hurt my heart because he he tweets these little things every now and then, like I'm not gonna let my people down. And to see him go to a PWI, it would cut deep because I don't really feel like th- there's nothing to there's no anticipation if you're not gonna make that move. Not saying that he has to, but what's mm-hmm. what's the hold up? If you're gonna go to Memphis, go to Memphis. You know what I mean? Wherever you're going to go, if you're going to go to Duke, go to Duke. Kentucky, whatever you're going to do. But I, I feel like the anticipation has to be for a purpose. And he seems like he's that type of guy. He's a young guy with a, with a great head on his shoulders, it seems. So, as we know, we're just going to continue to wait. Reports are really saying right now it's a possibility that Oak Hill and Sierra Canyon will be playing each other during this year. It's not for sure yet. It's not set in stone. But, you know, that's, that's the matchup that we're looking for. Dior Johnson versus Bronny James. What, what really has you excited about that? I think it's great to see these two players, especially Dior Johnson, the skill set that he's possessed, being able to score the ball, get to the basket, knock down shots. LeBron, Bronny James, being the son of obviously the greatest basketball player that we see today, LeBron James, and seeing him now be able to put it, be in a position to get more minutes, play, and see what he really can do. You know, last year we saw it in spurts. So I think now going into his sophomore year, he's actually going to get those minutes and be able to put out that productivity that we're looking forward to seeing. So, I mean, when you, when you have two guys of this this caliber and a, that that is this talented, I mean, who wouldn't want to see that? That's must-see TV. Yeah, and the thing with that, I think that's going to be a tough matchup for Bronny because Dior's a little bit bigger, slightly, mm-hmm. and he's a rising junior as well. Bronny's a rising sophomore, and mm-hmm. Dior just has a little bit more experience, and I feel like he's more aggressive. He'll mm-hmm. go straight at you. Not to say Bronny isn't, but I feel like Dior would dominate in that situation when, when it comes to aggression and getting to the basket for sure. I would agree, but I think that also comes with the experience of Dior Johnson and him actually getting out there, getting those reps, being able to be that guy that they're looking to down the stretch. So that mentality of going straight at you is kind of embedded in him now. Bronny James hasn't been able to have that moment or be put in a position where he's the go-to guy for his squad. So I think now this year, you know, Bronny going into his sophomore year and being able to, like I said before, get more minutes and coach probably trust him a little bit more down the stretch. You might be able to see that aggressiveness or that tenacious attitude that, that you've been looking forward to seeing. So we're just going to have to see. So I hope that this will be a matchup that we'll get a chance to watch. Absolutely. We both looking forward to that. Now over this weekend, 
over at the Elite Pro Club Run. Elijah Hughes was there, Isaiah Briscoe, and some some other popular names. Elijah Hughes looked good in that run, man. I'm not going front. He he's getting to the basket. We all know he could shoot. He looks like he's getting a little stronger. He looks like he's working on his handle. And um, I'm just excited to see how he continues to develop his game. And it was good to see Isaiah Briscoe out there bowling as well like he usually does. Let me, let me start by saying this. Okay. I feel, like, I feel like everybody looks sweet who plays basketball in a pickup. I really do. Yeah. No, nah, that's okay. I, I, feel, I, I, I feel like everybody looks sweet. Everybody looks cool. So, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? But to, but to piggyback off what you said, and I did see Elijah Hughes look a little bit more aggressive when you he talk about getting to the basket. Yeah. Look a little bit more confident in his shot. So, I mean, I did see some of those avenues of, of, of confidence, you know, building and having a little bit more faith in his first step, getting to the basket, finishing, mm-hmm. knocking down the open shot, creating shots off the dribble. And a lot of times – and, and what we see in today's game is everybody settles for the three ball. Elijah Hughes so is a guy that Elijah Hughes is a guy that can easily make a move and give you a, a, a fifteen to twenty foot jump shot pull up. So I think implementing some of those type of styles into his game, working on his footwork, that'll be great for him. But I think it was good to you know see him get out there on a run and, and have a nice highlight tape for the weekend. The favorite part of his game for me is he's an underrated defender in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Over this past year, he's had a few monster blocks. And I think that's something that'll help boost his status in going into the NBA draft and could possibly help push his status up as well, too. So that, you know, you always want a wing guard that can play great defense. It's not about just being offensively talented. If you can play both sides of the ball, you'll always be on the court, you know, in the end when it counts most. I agree, especially – up here at Syracuse with Coach Beheim, you know how big he is play on defense. defense. I mean, to the 2-3 zone is one of the best that we've seen. I mean, they've struggled a little bit over the last couple of years, but mm-hmm. as we've known it to be, you know, Syracuse is definitely strong on defense. So I think that it's good that that's something he's taking with him as he's continued on to his, uh, his journey to the NBA. There's also, we want you to pick a team or mm-hmm. a player and tell me who you're looking forward to in this upcoming season uh, for college when it restarts? Well, I know a lot has been taken away from us, you know, from college sports. And obviously you have those teams out there that people are going to look forward to, like the Duke, like a Kentucky, obviously me, Michigan State. But when I have a team, when I think of a team that I feel like a lot of people don't give them their credit, when you talk about their players and or their coaching, I think of San Diego State, coached by Coach Brian Dutcher, Led by okay, okay. the scoring guard Malachi Flynn, you know what I mean. When I when I when I start looking over at that school and I see Malachi Flynn averaging 17 points a game, the school being the first and in, in the Mountain West and actually winning the Mountain West last year. So I think that watching them and see the way that they're maneuvering and some of the guys who become leaders and and just really seeing the leadership that coach Brian Dutcher, who actually just got a three-year extension going to going through 2025, 20, 26, you know, his leadership and what he's done with the talent that he's had and being able to really put it together and make something happen out there in San Diego state. I think that's tremendous, but that all goes back to the leadership that he was under. When you talk about being under coach Steve Fisher, who coached there for 20 plus years after leaving the university of Michigan. So I think, that leadership that he's possessed and the way that he's really gravitated this team and started to make leaders out of these players. I'm really excited to see what San Diego State can do if and when the college season resumes. You would still my guy, Malachi Flint, right? You mm. would do that. You're good for that. And that's, that's fine. That's fine. You can have that. But you got to give credit my, when it's due. It's, it's respect. But I'm going to put my mm-hmm. guy out there, Jay Gupp, Josh Christopher, okay. Arizona State. I think mm, that young like that. freshman from Cali, they're going to make noise. He just has that it factor. He likes the big lights. He's aggressive. He gets to the basket. And like I told you before, he, re- he reminds me a lot of Dwayne Wade in terms of his game. He's a slasher. Mm. We both know back in the day, Dwayne Wade was one of the best defensive guards. Josh Christopher plays defense. There's plenty of clips of him blocking everybody's shot. So I'm very excited mm. to see what Arizona State is going to do as, and also, like we spoke before, he's going to be playing alongside his brother. You know what I mean? So who wouldn't be happy to, you know, go to battle and go to war with their brother all year long? So that, that's going to be real great for, for us to watch and see. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Josh Christopher, he's a dog, and I love what Bobby mm-hmm. Hurley's doing out there in Tempe. So, yeah, that was oh, yeah. a good pick. I like that. The NBA playoffs has been madness so far. Mm-hmm. What we got? Denver came back from 3-1. Spider, unfortunately, went down in a tough – they lost by two. Mm-hmm. Lakers were looking shaky and then put the Blazers to sleep. Mm-hmm. The Celtics – who the Celtics sent home? They sent the Sixers home quickly, and they're struggling. <laughs> yeah, put pull the broomsticks out on them quickly. And now, who else we got? The Heat and the Bucks. That's Jimmy Butler is not playing with anybody right now. He means business. He believes in his team. And to be quite frank, he's the best one in that series right now. He's the man. Giannis is the reigning MVP, but Jimmy Buckets is filling it up right now. I agree, especially when you when you when you start recapping that series between Milwaukee and Miami, Jimmy Butler has been the leading catalyst on and off the court, being mm-hmm. vocal, being a leader, understanding that he has a grudge and he does have a chip on his shoulder because a lot of people didn't think that they would be Counted in the position that they're in. Yeah. You know, so when yeah. you talk about now going up against, like you said, the reigning MVP and Giannis Antetokounmpo, the number one team in the conference, number one team in the league, when you talk about going up against them, you are going to feel some type of way. You know what I mean? So I commend the way that he's been able to take on the offensive load. I love the way that he's kind of gotten his team into a groove. You've seen guys like Tyler Hero come up clutch and hit big shots down the stretch. Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo. I mean, his his game is – I love the way that he plays as far as around the basket, being able to space the floor a little bit and stretch it, being aggressive, playing above the rim. I love what I've seen out of him. But I, I think that – you have to give respect and you have to pay it to also Eric Spolstra, the coach, and the way that he's really, really, really He's not the getting system. a lot of love and respect that he should be getting. That's I'm a championship. That up. That's a championship yeah. coach right there. How can you not? You know what I mean? And and a lot of the times it gets overlooked when you have the talent that you have when you talk about, you know, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and many more. So a lot of times Eric doesn't get the credit he should, but I'm one of the first to say he knows what he's doing and he's developed a great system that works with the talent that he has. And that explains why they're up 3-1 to the number one team in the conference in the league. So, Troy, this is the current situation we have. Like you said, the Heat are up 3-1. Giannis is out because of his ankle. And there's been so many situations where we've seen where players continue to push through because of their love for the game, right? Loving the game is important, but protecting your brand is even more important, i.e. Isaiah Thomas. A few years back, we both know as a little man in the league, it's very important, and it's harder for smaller guys to stay in the league because they're not as valuable. His sister died, his tooth popped out. Everything went wrong for him in that playoff series, and he was up for the max extension. Hip gets hurt, and now he's labeled as damaged goods, and we, he bounced around to so many different teams, the Cavs, the Lakers, the Wizards. The list goes on. I, yeah. I just think that Giannis has to really protect himself, and even though he's not you know, ready to play, I think he has to make sure that if he's not physically fit, to guard his body because I would hate for him to be labeled as damaged goods. You have to always protect yourself and protect your longevity. And I think for someone like Giannis, who's so hungry and watching his playoff push and everything that they had to endure in this season through COVID, through unjust, I think that he's very driven right now. And I'm personally, I think that if he's able to get up and walk and run, He's going to try and play. I truly do. And I think that that's the dedication that he has to the game and to his team. But to your point, like you say, you do have to consider the longevity in those situations. Do you go out there now and take a risk of re-injuring your ankle for the third time? And you might put yourself in a position to be out for an extended period of time and put yourself in a, put your team in a position to be without you going into next season. So I think you always have to take those factors with the grain of salt, because it's possible that that could be the situation. But I think someone like Giannis, if he's able to play and if his body is up to it, he's going to do it. But you always have to have it in the back of your mind. Is it worth it if this happens again? So we'll just have to wait and see what Giannis decides to do. As of now, I know that he's still questionable and doubtful. He has not officially been ruled out. But again, we'll just have to see what he chooses to do or what the team doctors suggest. Yeah, I just really hope that Giannis, in my personal opinion, I think Giannis needs to just stay out for the rest of the season. 
They're not coming back from this 3-1 stretch. We can't take anything from him. He's the reigning MVP. He's one of the best players in the league right now. It's not going to hurt his stock or his legacy at all. Sometimes you get hurt. That's the beauty, and that's, that's a part of the game. And like we said earlier, they were the number one team coming into this the, the playoffs, which, I mean, being the number one seed doesn't really matter because, as you can see, they were struggling with the Heat when he was healthy anyway, right? So I think that he should take care of his body, rest up, and get ready to go play with Dame in Portland next season. Dame see, Lillard. That, that, see, there you go. And Giannis. There yeah. You go. <laughs> that, and, and honestly, Listen, that, that was going to be my – Listen, I talked to my brother about it. I talked to him about it, and I said it over the weekend. I said, you know what? It would be crazy if Dame and Giannis just happened to come together. And what Stephen A. was talking about this morning, Giannis going to Portland. Well, that that was where I was going with it next, to ask you if you thought that he should stay in Milwaukee. Even if he does decide to come back, I mean, I think that it's tough, especially being down in the series 3-1. I mean, it is a possibility that that could happen, but it's also a strong possibility that it could Bro, not. Bro, you know they're not so coming if he back. Does not, you know that. We, we don't know. We just saw we just saw a series last last we just saw a series last series. Team we come did, back but the Bucks don't got that type of gas. We did, but why, the Bucks don't, don't got they? that type of Because Chris Middleton be taking days off. Eric Bledsoe be running around. <laughs> I mean, we're not sure where George Hill is at. Maybe he's on vacation sometimes. I don't know. Mm. Like I and it's no shot to him because being a number one player, you need consistency from your role players. That's what the playoffs is. The superstars are going to do what they do. The only way teams win championships is when the role players play their part. That's how you get a chip. It doesn't matter if LeBron yeah. and AD average 65 points and nobody – we have nothing from JaVale McGee or JR or De – it doesn't matter when you don't have anything from supporting cast, and you know that. I agree. Um, and me personally, I do think that he should stay in Milwaukee and continue to do what he can for the organization. Wow. I would love to see I would love to see him and Chris Middleton play together another year, but I think some changes need to be made. And for me, I did see earlier that OKC is doing what they can to now build around Chris Paul. But mm -hmm. I would love to see Chris Paul join Giannis out of the Kumpo. And Chris Middleton oh, in Milwaukee. I would love on. to see that. I would love to see that. If you get Bro, someone like that. if you if you can get someone like Chris Paul to go along and play with All Star caliber talent and with Chris Middleton, MVP talent with Giannis Antetokounmpo, I feel like that creates that avenue of you have someone who could be a floor general, just to be able to control the pace of the game. Someone that allows Giannis to not have to get the ball every other possession and go full steam ahead and put himself in a position like he's in now to injure himself because he's getting force fit because they have no one else that they can rely on. So I think that that will open up the floor just a little bit more on top of someone you could trust to that can go get you a bucket and can be just as hungry and tenacious as you if need be. So I think that that would be a cool move if, if they were able to get someone like Chris Paul. But I think it's in his best interest to stay home, stay in Milwaukee. They've been loyal. They've done what they needed to do to make him happy. So all he needs to do is stay healthy and hope he gets some pieces around him to make, make a better push. All right, let's let's break this down real quick. Mm -hmm. Giannis can be slowed down in the playoffs because he has no three-point shot. We know where mm -hmm. he's going, right? So what does that mean? He needs that jumper. He needs to be able to shoot from beyond the arc. And in the meantime, while he's developing that, he can just leave those duties to Damian Lillard that can already fill it up from beyond the arc. So I'm saying Damian Lillard and Giannis is better than Chris Paul and Giannis together. I don't, I, I don't see that being better. I think that Damian Lillard is – he's hungrier. Not saying that Chris Paul isn't hungry, but I just feel like Dame – he's ready. He's on go to do uh -huh. it. Chris Paul, he hasn't gotten over that hump yet. You know what I'm saying? I, I think Chris Paul neither gets a lot Dame. of – huh? I said neither has Dame. I mean, that's true, but Dame has been in the league – a less amount of years, and I think is showing more promise right now. Chris Paul is on year 15 and still hasn't made it to the finals. They made it to the Western Conference last year. I mean, he got swept, but mm -hmm. he's, he's knocking on that door, and I think he's just hot right now. His stock is up, and Giannis and Dame, that's, that's just scary, bro. And to be honest, if that ever does go through, who's gone? Uh, CJ McCollum is gone. 
I think they need to keep Nurkic, Melo, and Gary Trent Jr. But Whiteside is probably going to have to go 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 to and some draft picks. What? Well, well, one that ain't gonna happen because what's if, not gonna if happen? Because if you want Giannis, you coming, you you better be offering a big the ticket. whole bag. <laughs> so so if I, if they gonna offer a big ticket, it's gonna be a lot of bags getting packed. So I think that mm. uh that 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 would I mean not and that not to discredit. I mean, but someone like Chris Paul, I don't I don't just need points from him. Mm-hmm. I need for him to make the players around me better. So if we get someone like Chris Paul, I need for him to be able to build those confidence like he's doing with down in OKC with those young players. Look at Shai Gillis Alexander. Look how mm-hmm. confident he is now. Look how, look, how, look how much different he's playing. Dennis Schroeder. Look how he's playing now. You know what I mean? Getting Steven Adams implemented. Daniel Gallinari. You know what I mean? I need someone like that who's not just looking to go out there and get his. And I'm not saying that that's the type of mentality that Damian Lillard has, but that's the that's the skill set that he's possessed. He's a go-getter. He's a he's a shooting guard in most aspects, in my opinion. I know he plays the point, but he's looking to score more than he's looking to facilitate. And that's no shame. That's true. But that's just what his game is is good at. And I think that a team like Milwaukee, you need someone who, yes, can score – was also going to be able to facilitate and is going to allow you to take the ball out of Giannis's hands so we don't have those transition or transition possessions every every play down the floor or to allow Chris Middleton now to move without the ball. You know what I mean? That you need some of you need someone that allows that to happen and I feel like Dame is one of those guys when you give him the ball at the top of the key is everybody get out the way. Let me go get mine, which is great because Paul, Chris Paul can do the same thing. But you need someone who at the top of the key who can say, hey, move here, move here, make this happen, make that happen. Oh, and nothing can. And if nothing formulates out of that, I'll then score. I can go get y'all a bucket. Right. And I feel like that's what Milwaukee needs because they already have the, MV, the reigning MVP. They have Giannis. We know what he can do. We know how efficient he can be. We know how aggressive and dominant he can be when he's on the court. But you need someone that's going to be able to mellow that out as well. And I think Chris Paul's a good fit for that. So that all of the viewers are very clear, I'm aware that Chris Paul is a better floor general. I, I agree with you 100%. When I say floor general, that means getting everybody involved. Damian Lillard, yes, is a score first guard, but to his defense, I've seen him, which has been my biggest thing with him, get his, his teammates involved way more now. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. You know, especially with the, the bubble restart, he's getting better at that. So... I feel like Chris Paul, that's in his game in terms of DNA, but I, I can see that. It would, and for me, too, Damian Lillard, he's younger. So we have more mm-hmm. longevity with him. We might have two, three more years out of Chris Paul. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I feel it's, it's, it's a great debate. We'll see what happens. And there's so many different things that probably more so can come out of this. But uh, Chris Paul, 100%, has done a great job with OKC. He's done a great job, and he, he's killing it. I, I can't knock him at all. Stay in Milwaukee, Giannis. <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the conclusion for that. Lakers-Houston, give me them stats, man. What, what LeBron had, what AD had? And LeBron came out there, 28 points, 11 rebounds, 9 mm. assists, 10 mm. for 17 from the field. Mm. AD hungry, 34 points, 10 rebounds. Like mm. more, Morris off the bench, 16 points. He's good off the bench, bro. He's holding it down. Yeah, yeah he, he is. is. Morris. I can't front. He is. He had Rondo. He had a good bounce back game. He kind of struggled in his first game returning. Before we get one. deep into that, where Rondo get these braids from? I mean, he been away for so long. <laughs> he damn it. He's no. been on a little hiatus. Been in a I'm bubble. Honest. So, I mean, I ain't surprised. Him and Morris was out there rocking the braids. I'm saying they better get their hang time right. You know yeah. what I mean? Nah, the Lakers were killing it yesterday. I feel like there's so many situations where the fans and the viewers are not understanding like what LeBron has really meant to the game. We always get so excited when a team beats Braun in the, in the first game of the series that he recalibrates, readjusts, and it's like they never lost. You know what I mean? He had three monster dunks yesterday, broke through the paint. I think it was the third quarter, hit him with the double clutch. Caught the oop from Caruso, I believe it was. I mean, it, mm-hmm. and then the, my favorite one was when he dunked down on, on the other end, I believe, the second quarter, and JaVale mm-hmm. McGee got caught jumping with him on the mm-hmm. bench. I mean, LeBron is, is – he's just a talent that we've never seen before, and they're going to get the Rockets out of here quickly. Russell Westbrook. And yeah, let's talk about that. 
how much of a gift and a curse he could he be is. at times. Right. And I think when you talk about his game, when you talk about the way that he can score, you talk about his, his aggressiveness, when you talk about him being a league MVP, when you talk about him averaging a triple-double, the list can go on and on of how great of a player he is. But I think when you can implement – well, not implement, but I think when you can expose someone's flaws – Mm-hmm. And you see it come out in game after game on top of coming off of an injury. I think now everybody sits back and, and looks at things like we really thought he was. Right. And I think now that's starting to come out in the playoffs because Russell Westbrook, we know how great he can. We know he's someone that can give you 25 to 30 a night. But I think coming back, he's struggling to control his pace. And I think that that is kind of hurt them hurt the Houston Rockets in both of these series. And I obviously him coming back in game one, he had a big game one. He was explosive. He was aggressive, pumping his chest, dunking, fierce. But when he's in those game two situations and you're struggling from the field, if I'm not mistaken, last night he was four for 15 from the field, one for seven from three-point land, and only finished with 10 points and seven turnovers. So when you have that Westbrook now. That after seven TOs is tough, man. It is. So when you have that Westbrook out there now, where does that leave your team? And you, it, now you, you force-feeding other players. You're putting a lot of pressure. James Harden now to take on the scoring load. You're hoping that guys like Eric Gordon can get going. Robert Covington has actually been big in both of these, both of these games, in game one and game two. And P.J. Tucker, he's, he's battling enough, battling down low, down low, guarding someone named by Anthony Davis. What? five, six inches taller than him. You know what I mean? So you, you already got him doing what he needs to do down there. So I think that Westbrook, I think for him, and I've been saying this, I think for Houston to win this series, I think Westbrook's going to be that deciding factor. And if he's not able to play well, if he's not able to control the pace of the game, if he's not able to slow down and limit those turnovers, I think that Houston's going to find themselves going home. And obviously you're going up against some juggernauts when you talk about LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But last time I checked, y'all got two MVPs on y'all team, too. I know James Harden. I know Russell Westbrook. Even Eric Gordon has stepped up and have had big games. He had 24 last night and actually was a savior, 50% from the field, 8 for 16 and 6 for 12 from three. When you have those other elements to step up and make their presence felt, that's why y'all only lose by eight points when Westbrook only has 10. So I think it's going to, I think it's going to be pivotal for him to, to find himself. And he even said it in an interview. He, he feels like he's going to have to watch some film because he feels like he's just out there running around. And at times that's what he's doing. And someone of his talent should never just be out there running around. You should always be able to be out there doing something, whether it be getting rebounds, whether it be getting assists, whether it be getting the team pumped up. I want to see Westbrook have that same energy he has when they're winning and he's doing good and have that same energy when his team's down and they need him to, to hype things up, whether it be being a voice of reasoning, being a voice of confidence, or taking over the game like we know he can do. Yeah, you, you took the words right out, right out of my mouth. I was going to start with that quote when he said, I'm just running around. As a superstar, as one of the biggest focal points of your team, you can never just be running around. When it comes to Russell Westbrook, he's a gift and a curse. You know, and I really, really believe that with him, after being in the league for, I think, I think it's like 10 years now, nine to 10 years, mm-hmm. he has to understand as a point guard, you have to slow the pace down. Like a couple nights ago, right before CP was still, still in the playoffs with the Thunder, that game where he came back, it was the last three minutes of the fourth quarter. He literally controlled the entire speed, the momentum of the game. That's what Russell Westbrook has to do. Mm-hmm. Now voices are starting to whisper, is Donovan Mitchell better? Donovan Mitchell should never even be in a conversation with with Russell Westbrook, in my opinion. He's been in the league for three years, right? So when Russell continues to do this, now he's hurting the team because they need that much more production out of him. Harden can't do everything by himself, and Russell Westbrook has to help him because I'm not going to say that he's the glue, but he's the determining factor for them. If he plays good, they're going to win. Eric Gordon is going to hold it down. He, he is. And the reason why he's the key is because we know what James Harden is going to be every night. We're just un- unsure sometimes what Russell's going to give us. And one of the biggest things I have to say with Westbrook is his shot selection. It's, mm-hmm. He has to do way better with that. He's a scorer. 
He's not a three-point shooter. You know, Russ, if you're taking seven to six shots and you're not making them, go to the basket. Create contact. Everyone knows that plays basketball. You get to the basket, you get your rhythm back at the free throw line. Trust in that, you know? And I think he'll be way better off, but Westbrook has to continue to bring it. I have a lot of faith in him. He has the dog mentality. I trust that he can figure that out because he's one of the biggest parts of our league, and um, it's just great to see him in the playoffs right now. Yeah, it's going it's to be good, Russ. Just continue to take your time, man. And like you said, get back to the drawing board, watch some film, see what you can do differently. And hopefully going out to game three, you'll figure out what you need to do and where you need to attack and where you're going to be able to help your team the most. Celtics Raptors. I absolutely love the Boston Celtics, but they are pissing me off right now. Mm, do you? Straight like that. Do you? I do. I do. But I, okay. I'm going to start with the respect first. Mm-hmm. The Raptors have literally shown me that they have championship experience. Hats mm-hmm. off to Kyle Lowry and the gang. Your boy, Aju, uh, OG Ajinobi. I'm sorry if I botched his name. Yeah, don't, 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 don't disrespect I'm sorry. my Do it for me because like, you, you know. Look, you, listen, listen. <laughs> Did you not? You saw the game winner the other day. I saw okay? it. Relax. So, relax. So, if I, so, it. so if I, so if I'm hitting game winners, I'm going to need you to say my name. So say his name. OG. That, and that, 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 that in itself should just, you got to. I get it. Dude's name, the dude's name is OG. You feel he me? He is an OG. O- he, he's in the game. I get OG. It. OG. Adenobi. OG Adenobi. My bad. Put respect on that man's name. He's hitting Uh some big shots. Kyle Lowry made an amazing pass between the 7-5 taco fall through and between his Uh arms. But I'm going to put the Uh pressure on Jason Tatum. I saw there was some switch confusion that happened between him and Jalen Brown. And OG Uh was in the corner waiting for it. Shot it, knocked it down, and it was splicky. It was wet. And, and, it, and, it was, and he and he shot it. He shot it like he was scared. He shot it though. like he, he, he knew it a little bit. <laughs> he had to get, get out of there. Quick. He his feet up a little bit. Like, uh, he knocked it down. He did. And the biggest thing with the Celtics for me is, um, you always see with the with the Celtics, it comes to experience. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they fall in love with the jump shot entirely too much. Me and you went back and forth about this previously. Kemba Walker is the leader of that team. Jason Tatum is showing his rookie experiment. He's not a rookie, but he's showing that he's he's still he's still wet behind the ears. When mm-hmm. when it's time to win the game, you have to go to the basket. You have to shoot in three after three. There was a, a point in time in the game. It was like the third quarter or the fourth quarter in their last game, and Jalen Brown had took nine three pointers and mm-hmm. finally made one. You can't have that. They're not going to mm-hmm. win the game like that. You have to go to the basket. And, and that's the way you're going to stay in the game, especially when the game slows down. And Kyle Lowry's doing a great job of that, controlling the offense and doing everything he needs to do. Yeah, but when, when you talk about the faults of the Boston Celtics, you can't do nothing but come in the, the effort and the play of the Toronto Raptors. And as you've seen, the leadership of Kyle Lowry, sacrificing his body, being diving on the floor for loose balls, facilitating, get, getting guys open. You got guys like OG Adenobi who's developing his confidence, finding his groove, getting to the basket, knocking down game-winning shots. Mark Gasol has even proven himself to still be durable, still able to be out there and make plays, make plays happen, knock down shots. Serge Ibaka on both ends of the floor. So, and Pascal Siakam, but can't, can't leave him off the list. And I know he hasn't played up to his best potential, but just – the way that they've come into that matchup, understanding that, yes, these guys are the favorites, but we got this experience. Be the defending champions. So going down 2-0, that don't phase us. We know we got to get out there, play the game, and do what we need to do. And there's no home court advantage. We all here with our tennis shoes on in the same mm-hmm. gym, ready to play. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Raptors have come to do, and that's why this series is even. Yeah, big, big hats off to the Raptors again, even though I'm a Celtics fan, because – I just was, they're poised. Fred Van Fleet is not playing any games. That man mm-hmm. went through the lane one time, hit him with an in and out, split the defenders mm-hmm. and went around, brought it around. He's balling, you know, and they're just showing that they're ready for the moment. They've been here before, and despite Kawhi Leonard not being there, they're still the champions, and they have to be beat, you know. And I'll tell you this right now, and this is really how I feel. Game time is in a few minutes. If the Celtics do not beat the Raptors tonight, it's curtains. Mm-hmm. It's curtains. Absolutely. Because 
the momentum will have completely be shift. If we were talking it's back pre COVID and the Celtics were at home at Boston and they had the crowd on their back, I could see them being able to finesse the situation. But with this being a big AAU tournament with our favorite players in the world, Kyle Lowry is just ready for the moment. He's shown it. Mm-hmm. If you just watch how he's playing, he's controlling the moment. He's taking the offensive fouls. He's going to the basket. He's doing whatever he needs to do. Meanwhile, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are continuing to chuck three after three after three. And not to mention, Marcus Smart is playing amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, so they just have to attack the basket, play, have a better efficient offensive game, and and, and I think they'll get where where they need to be. One thing I have to point out is, one thing that the playoffs has exposed is how important that home court advantage is, how yeah. important it is to have that home crowd. That push, that, they give you that adrenaline rush. That it, Yes, it, that's important. And I think that that's why a lot of these series have gone the way that they've gone. You've seen the Nuggets come back from being down 3-1 to Utah, you know, because they don't have that. That was that. crazy. There, there's no home court advantage. We out here balling. And I think it kind of has the same. It's me and you. Exactly. And it has the same effect of, like I said earlier, when we were talking about uh, Elijah Hughes, I feel like it, it, it's the same premise to pick up ball. So you mm-hmm. seeing these guys just come out there and just, I don't need to worry about what this fan is saying. I don't need to worry about this person yelling over here. Game All time. I have the game and this ball. And that's what these guys have been showing. And you've seen guys have breakout games. You've seen Jamal Murray go crazy. You've seen Damian Lillard. You've seen LeBron James, you know, you've seen Giannis and hopefully he'll get, get back well and be able to be all right. So Jimmy Butler, that home court advantage and that crowd makes such a big difference when you're not talking about playing for fans and just having guys just out there straight on the court balling. Absolutely. I can't knock that anymore, brother. Steve Nash, four-year contract to be the head coach for the Brooklyn Nets. Just in case everybody's vision is a little blurry, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Jamal Crawford, Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan. The list goes on. I like it. I'll be the first one to say I like it. Steve Nash is, I think he's a good fit. The players like Kyrie and uh, KD said they needed somebody that they could respect. Back in the day, Steve Nash was an MVP, and he knows what it takes to reach that level, even though he, he never won a chip. But um, his relationship, I think, with Kyrie is going to be significant as well because as a guard, that's just going to be an influential relationship. And not to mention, we both know Kyrie is box office, as Stephen A. likes to say. So, And just the fact that he's coaching two of the most prominent players in today's game, is that's just going to elevate their game to a level that I think we've never seen. And we couldn't even anticipate this. Greg Popovich was possibly supposed to be in this situation. Mark Jackson possibly was going to be in this situation. Steve Nash, that kind of blindsided the world and uh, was breaking news a couple of days ago. So I think this is great. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, and like you said, it was a decision that blind that blindsided a lot of us. But in spite of whatever political or racial you know reasons people feel that he mm-hmm. got the job, I think I think that you know if someone's given an opportunity, give them an opportunity to work. You know and. I'm not here to criticize what he can and cannot do because we haven't seen it yet. So I don't, I don't want to dive into anything racial or political. Yeah, let's I just think, talk basketball. But, but I think when you have Kyrie Irving, when you have Kevin Durant, I think when you want someone, when you want to bring someone in who, who's going to coach them, who's going to be their guide and their leader, you want it to be someone that they, one, can have a connection with or feel comfortable talking to and someone who's been in that position before. And obviously Steve Nash, he, he never won a championship, but he's been to conference finals. He's been to finals before. So he understands that mentality. He's a point guard. So when we talk about having a box office point guard like Kyrie Irving, you want to have someone who's a Hall of Fame point guard who he can communicate with, who he can conversate with. When your best, when your guy Kevin Durant, you want him to be comfortable with the coach and who he feels that he can connect with or talk to when he's going through what he's going through. So I mean, I think that it's a it's a good call so far on paper when you talk about Steve Nash coaching the Nets and the talent that he has. But, again, you have to give someone the opportunity to see how it goes. So I'm just looking forward to see what could happen and hopefully Kyrie Irving to be healthy, hopefully Kevin Durant to be healthy so that Steve Nash to get the full brought there to do. 
But it's a, it was so it was so many other coaching jobs out there too. You know, you got the Pelicans. Things are still open out there. You know, mm-hmm. The Chicago Bulls. You have the Indiana Pacers. So I know a lot of the coaches that you name who who didn't get this job. There's still other opportunities still out there. Yeah, there's still openings. I could see someone like Kenny Atkinson, who was the head coach of Brooklyn. As I could see him possibly being in Chicago. You know, I see the Pelicans got rid of Alvin Gentry. I could possibly see someone maybe like a Jeff Van Gundy, you know, who who does mm. a lot of talk, does a lot of talking and commentary about possibly getting back out here and coaching. You know, Indiana is still open, so there's a lot of different other avenues for people to still allow themselves to show what they can do as far as being a coach. So we shouldn't diminish the job that Steve Nash has. We should allow him to work, and hopefully, the other guys who feel that they deserve a job will be able to get an opportunity somewhere elsewhere. The elephant in the room has to be addressed. So with Steve Nash now coaching the Brooklyn Nets, are the Nets the favorite to come out the East for sure in your eyes? Not right now. No. Right now. Who do you you still have? I mean, right now, I mean, my team is they're they're wounded and they're down right now and they they lost their soldier. But I have Milwaukee, you know, coming out of the East. And I'm I'm still – I'm not going to jump ship. I'm still going to stand on them in spite of whatever injuries or differences they have going on that changing the premise of how they move forward. But, I mean, there's still other teams that you got to put some respect on their name before we start saying, hey, KD and Kyrie just about to come in here and take things over. You know, you still got Miami. Let's not sleep. Let's we see how they doing. You know, mm-hmm. we still got Boston. We still got the Raptors. So, there's some other teams we, we have to acknowledge before giving them that crown. But I definitely, definitely – wouldn't be surprised if we saw them in the conference finals and or the finals next year, especially if those two guys I named, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, are healthy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer that it always looks good on paper, mm-hmm. i.e. the Clippers back in, what was that, from like, I think they were together from like 2000. When was Chris Paul and, and Blake and them together? That was like mid-2000s, think- low-key, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I even like that people. extensive – roster that they have Paul Pierce Jamal Crawford Blake Griffin they, their list went on even Matt Barnes was on the team at one point in time mm-hmm. it has to work on the court you know it, it looks great on paper but they have to mesh egos have to be put aside and they got to be willing to blend and work together and Kevin Durant is a silent leader as well too he's become more vocal in the late years but uh, I think it's going to be a great duo. You know, we've seen Kevin Durant play with a great guard before and Russell Westbrook. But Kyrie Irving, I think, will be a little different. You know, I don't really – I don't see Kyrie with a huge ego. I think Russ has more of a bigger ego than, than Kyrie, I would say, in terms of meshing together. Because, you know, Russ, he's an alpha dog. You know, even though they say you're the best player in the league, I'll still take this shot. And he's shown us that multiple times. So – with saying that, I think they still have to prove to us that they should be in this situation. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw them in the Eastern Conference Finals next year at all. We're just going to have to see. It's going to be interesting next season. Troy, has been so many different things that have happened within the Man. pop culture. And you have to tell me what's on your mind. Power Book 2 is out. Big Sean finally dropped Detroit 2. We lost Chadwick Bozeman and John Thompson. And Dr. Dre and his wife are in a little situation right now, mm. man. So first, big shout-out to Big Sean and releasing that Detroit 2. Listen to a couple of tracks on there. What big up, Sean, he, he, Yeah, D-Town is in the building. He gave us something good for the airwaves, so I'm, I'm definitely happy that we have that in, in the playlist right now. People got to start putting more respect on Big Sean's name. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can get lost in translation at times when you're talking about guys like Drake. When you're talking about guys like Future, when you talk about Lil Uzi and whoever you consider to be hot right now, I know sometimes his lane isn't up there when you start talking about the hot guy. But when you start talking about one of the best lyricists in the game. Got some bars. He up there. He's up there. You know what I mean? And I just love how he continues to put on for the city of Detroit, giving back, you know, bringing people together. I loved what he did for the Friday Night Cypher, getting all the Detroit guys on there. There's actually some guys on the song that were beefed out with each other. And he was able to put it, have them put them oh, things, put, put those problems aside and get on a track with one another, you know, and make things happen. So I think that that was, I think that that was actually 
real, real good. And I just appreciate what Big Sean's doing for, for the hip-hop world and what he's doing for Detroit. Yeah, man, you got to put that ego aside, man. The, the culture's more important sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Power Book 2, finally mm-hmm. back. We got some big names in there. Mary J. Blige, mm-hmm. Method Man, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm they excited. I watch- Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I- I'm not going to hit you guys with a spoiler alert. Because I know my man Troy got to get it in and knock out that first episode. But tonight, they, they, yeah, they, they're on to something. You know, I thought that I was going to be disappointed because, of course, Ghost, a.k.a. Mari Hardwick, isn't there. But they've developed a whole new storyline that I'm excited to see. So uh, shout out to, you know, 50 and the whole power team for putting that together. But it's they got a good concept going, man. I, I'm definitely feeling it. And power, it seems like that's something you're just not going to be able to lose with. And 50 Cent and those producers on that show have found something that people are going to continue to gravitate to. So I've been seeing all the the clips and I've been seeing all the spoilers. But let me enjoy it tonight, guys. You know what <laughs> I mean? Can we, can we stop posting? Can we stop tattletelling on what happened? Like, I want to be able to watch it. But no, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what the... How, how, how power continues and how they just tra- change the whole storyline, you know? Yeah. And I feel like what, I love what they're doing, how you go from, you know, Omari Hardwick, Ghost, and Tommy, and, you know, them being the OGs to now that they're kind of out of the picture and you got the new generation and Tyreek. So I think that that's going to be tremendous, seeing how that grows and, you know, where he end up taking things. So I'm definitely looking forward to checking that out. Yeah, and the, the, my favorite part so far I'll say is this. Tariq is we're really going to see how he develops now because he has so much on his plate Mm. obviously his mom's trying to get out of jail Mm. he's trying to manage school because he has to be able to get that money from his dad because he has to graduate with the 4.0 you know he has a lot on his back right now and you're seeing how he has the same characteristics as his dad Mm -hmm. as being a chameleon being able to be a drug dealer in the street and be able to sit in those rooms with whoever's in there, no matter what color, how they look and being able just to speak and carry himself the right way. So, um, yeah, Tariq is holding it down, man, for sure. Now your boy, Dr. Dre, <laughs> he's in a little situation right now with, with, with how much Troy, what you got the breakdown for us. Listen, uh, our good, our good brother and successful businessman, rapper, Actor, entrepreneur, Dr. Mobile, Dre. all that. He's found himself in a, an expensive situation. And, you know, he's going through a divorce right now. And obviously, you know, that's always an unfortunate situation. You always want people to feel like they can work out their problem, especially in his case, someone that you've been with for 15, 20 plus years. But in this case, that does not <laughs> circumstance. And it's not looking good. His, and his ex-wife, Nicole Young, she would love for this man, Dr. Dre, to pay her $2 million a month. You said no, what? No, not, not 2000 not, not 20000 200000 Not, listen, she wants $2 million a month. And it's crazy. She actually even has a breakdown. <laughs> and, and, and she, makes, like, she wants it to make sense. Like, she, she's not just throwing a number out there. So here, here it is. She wants 135000 a month for clothes. Okay. Okay, those clothes are very, very, that's very, I, very important. I, I, I understand. You know, you're expensive, rich woman. You know, you have an expensive, rich You got to look so good. You, when you look so good, you, you feel good. So, so, but even then, it might be a little excessive. 20000 a month for phone and email. I Yo, know I got Verizon. What does she have? I know I got Verizon. Uh, I don't know what I got phone T-Mobile. plan you have. I got um, T-Mobile. I got, I got emails. They're free. Google, Gmail. Hola. Uh, like uh, Yahoo, excuse me. Like, I, I don't know what phone bill is $20,000. 20000 Maybe like, she got the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> she, 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 she got the iPhones by Dre or something. I don't know what she got, but 20000 a month, whatever. She wants 10000 a month for laundry. What? Well, you got it. You got. They don't got washing got, machine in the crib. I mean, but when you wearing expensive clothes, you can't just throw expensive clothes in the washer. I, I know it. Oh, so she, know? she she got to take it to the the cleaners, so and they got to. Yeah. And the clothes but do I, cost one hundred thirty five k a month, so you got to. 
You're not wearing you're not wearing ten thousand dollars worth of clothes a month that you should even be getting clean though. Like let, let but that that's neither here nor there. Let, let's, let's keep say, it. Yeah. Let's, this is this is where she 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 kind of lost. She jumps me, off the mind. cliff. Right. This is where she kind of lost me. She wants nine hundred thousand a month for entertainment. Entertainment. So I I don't know if her entertainment is watching a movie. I don't know if her entertainment is we're about to fire up the G six and hit. Turks and Caicos, like whatever it is, she needs just under a million dollars so she could be entertained. A so, month? A month. Wow. Must be nice. 60000 for education, 125000 on charitable contributions, which I would have thought that that's what this all is anyway, and $100,000 a month for her mortgage. When you add all that up, that's where you get $2 million from. So, I want to ask you, <laughs> is, she, is, is, is she out of line for asking for $2 million a month? First, I have to say this. I've never had that type of money before. Mm-hmm. I've never had that type of lifestyle before. Mm-hmm. But I know that it is expensive. Mm-hmm. I'm not aware of what type of things she has going on. But I will say this. To ask any human being for $2 million a month is insane. I'm glad she has a breakdown mm-hmm. and I know she's been kept a certain way for a certain amount of years, but we're talking about, what is it? 12, we're talking $24 million a year. Yeah. Wow. Cause it's 12 months in a year. So I, oof, I, I think she's asking for a lot. I think that 900,000 that mm-hmm. needs to be chopped up a little bit that, that 135,000 and a hundred, those add up quickly because that's the type of lifestyle that they live. You know what I mean? You can't just take somebody out of a $3 million house and throw them into a $300,000 house. That's not how they live. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. $2 million is a lot, brother. I'll be very honest with you. I, I, I think she's asking for too much. <laughs> I, I, I think she is too, honestly. But I feel like someone who's given you know you 20 plus years of her life Someone who was with you when you were $15 million Dr. Dre and not $1 mm-hmm. billion, $2 billion Dr. Dre, I do feel like she deserves to live as gracious and as comfortable as she feels. Now, do I, I do think too. Two, do I think $2 million is the number? No. no. I, I, think, I think for someone of his stature and what she's, what she's done as far as being a mother, giving them children, raising a family rubbing backs, rubbing feet, whatever she's done in her, her wife duties, I think that's done her enough to earn at least 500000 to 750000 I, I was with you. I was just about to say the minimum is five hundred k. I see Blake. I see Blake Griffin, and not the name drop, but I see Blake Griffin paying over 100 some thousand a month for child support, and he but only got one that's not two kid. million? And, and, he, and I don't believe he was even married to the young lady that he had his child. No, he was not. Okay. No, he was not. So, so to me, that is where it, it gets a little different because one, they were yeah. married, and I know, and I know there was a talk about her being forced to sign a prenup. But sometimes I feel like a prenup goes out the window when you start having kids, you know. And when you depending start depending on what kids, your situation is, exactly. So I feel like that kind of changes when you start having kids. But to ask for nine hundred thousand dollars for entertainment, wow! I think that bro. I think I think that that's a little that's tough. To ask a little for, no, say it, Troy. It's excessive. Say it. To ask for ask for twenty thousand dollars a month for a phone and email, I think Come that's on. a little excessive. Why are you so, trying to play me like that? So I think or or whatever her one hundred and twenty five thousand dollar charitable contribution is, baby girl, you've been living a lifestyle <laughs> charitably free for over twenty some years. So what it's you like, need this one two five for? Yeah, so I mean, she kind of missed me with a few of those numbers, but I do feel like you know she's she's earned her right to to something she has, and I know a lot of guys would be like, "Well, this is my money." Bullshit. Nah, she she gonna get something. Nah, nah, it's good. We good. You know that that she gonna get something. And so I mean, obviously, it's not up to us; it's up to a judge. So. I, I do think that she's definitely going to be compensated highly, but I don't think that she's going to get $2 million a month. Yeah, I don't see that happening either. And, and if she does, wow, that's a very good lawyer. Maybe she's just a, maybe she's just a very good wife. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe. We don't, we you don't know. know. 
you always got to look at things half empty and half full because when I look down at the paperwork, I look at it like she's filing, not him. So, I mean, that's true you too. Never, we never, you never know what the circumstance was. Now to switch it on another note, there's been so many situations where we felt like we have to give people their flowers while they're here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, me and you talk all the time and we see people on the big screen. We see people that not on, that are not on the big screen and we just never know what people are going through when we're not with them. Mm-hmm. Chadwick Bozeman was, was fighting cancer for, I believe it was four years mm-hmm. and on set fighting cancer, still going, you know, being on set and rehearsing his lines and being a huge part to every cast that he's been a part of. And unfortunately passed away earlier last week. And mm-hmm. I really feel like that hurt our culture because as we all know that that's our modern day black Panther Thurgood Marshall, Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and just to hear all of the important people that he's played has really shown us what he's meant to our culture. You know what I mean? And it's just scary because I know for me personally, when he was on Uninterrupted uh, on the shop with Braun, I noticed that he looked a little bit slimmer than usual. Like, he has a slim build, but, like, you know when somebody gets real skinny, like, you can see it in their face. Like, you can see their bones in their face. You know what I mean? So that's when I really noticed that something was kind of off. I just didn't know he was battling cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, it just it just hurts to see that happen to him because he was, he was young. Nobody wants to die, like, 42, 43. That's crazy. You know what I mean? But just, you know, thank you, Chadwick Boseman, to everything you've done for our culture what you've meant to us. And one of my favorite stories with him is Denzel Washington paying for him to go to Oxford. You know, Denzel Washington saw something in him that I feel all people in that position should see when younger people are coming up. So um, you'll daily be missed, rest in power. And yeah, man, that, that, that was a tough one for us. 2020 has been uh, a whirlwind. Yeah, it's been tough for us. And someone like Chad Bosman, it, one thing that I took away from his death was you don't you shouldn't judge people if you don't know their story and Mm -hmm. as as we all know him battling cancer was something that he kept private for a while so you know when people did see him on episodes like the shop or when they did see him on sports center and he's looking thin first the first thing that most people do is crack a joke or say something mean say something derogatory and you don't even understand the person's struggle. So I think that that's what I've learned from this situation and what I've taken away and what I'm truly trying to make sure I never do is, is prejudge someone. So I think it's unfortunate that, that we lost, you know, our black Panther. And I think LeBron said it best, you know, to lose our, our black Panther and our black mob in the same year, man, like 2020 is just, Tough. it's been kicking us all in our butts and, you know, and obviously we lost coach, John Thompson Jr. We lost the coach from Arizona, Luke Olson. You know, so there's been a lot of eye openers that have made us, one, appreciate being here, appreciating our loved ones, appreciating our friends, but also making you understand that you're, you're never too big or never too good to not be taken. So you have to appreciate every moment that you have here on this earth and make sure that you're walking in the steps that are, that, that you would be proud of. And that when you, when you're all said and done, people will say he was someone who, who held it down and, and was someone that other people could look up to. So, you know, just definitely tough losing those guys. And we want to continue to stay blessed and stay prayerful because you never know. Yeah, man. Something that I also saw on Instagram too. Um, I saw somebody posted. I don't know how accurate it was. They said that Chadwick Boseman, only four people within his circle knew that he had cancer. And then mm-hmm. people were saying, you need to get you a circle like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that really speaks to the volume of just privacy, you know, trusting your people and just having the right, you know, the right circle around you. Because I don't know if you know anyone that you could tell a secret like that to and it never get out with you being a celebrity mm. for four years. So that that really touched me and it really made me think that we should keep the right people around us, you know, because we all have our lives and we have things that we don't want to be in a limelight. And you just never know if you don't want certain things in in that space, you just want to know that your business is guarded and you should be able to have those type of people around you. So that, that really um, hit home for me. I agree. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just very unfortunate. And, you know, we have to definitely, like you say, give people their flowers while they're here. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, I know it was a, a tough note to end the pod on, but stay prayed up. 
We appreciate you guys tuning in with us every week. Now we'll be switching to Tuesdays at uh, 2 p.m. We will be uh, recording and releasing, you know, a couple hours after that. And um, everybody just be nice to people, you know, do something nice to somebody that you wouldn't usually do. Give everybody their flowers while they're here. And um, just remember, guys, we're, we're streaming on all streaming podcast platforms. Pick Your Poison, Rob Bruin, Troy Rose, Believe in NBA Prospect Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. And we appreciate y'all for tuning in. And continue to be believers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.